summary of the Sikha. The Pasuk tells us that uh, when in the uh, meeting up of Yaakov and Esav, which Yaakov was very nervous about and he was afraid that Esav was going to attack him. So it says, Esav ran towards Yaakov and he embraced him and he fell on his neck. In other words, uh, expression of uh, love. He kissed him and they cried. So Rashi quotes the word and he embraced him and he says when uh, he, he felt a feeling of compassion when he saw that he was bowing down to him as uh, Yaakov was approaching Tezav he kept bowing down so he was overcome by a feeling of compassion for him and that's why he embraced him. Then he goes on to explain the word Vayishakeyu in the next Rashi and he kissed him and he explains there are dots on the word Vayishakeyu in the Tseva there are dots on top of the word and so there is a machleg, there is a dispute in the Brisa of Sifri about what these dots mean some say that uh, this, these dots mean to say that it says in the Pasuk that he kissed him but he didn't really kiss him sincerely so Rav Shumam and Yechoi said there is a law that Esav hates Yaakov it's just that at this moment he, he was felt a feeling of compassion at him at that for him at that moment and he did kiss him sincerely. That's what he says. That's what Rashi says. So first of all we have to understand why is it that Rashi when he explains he embraced him he doesn't say that there is two different opinions about whether it was sincere or not. He says that at that moment it was sincere. Whereas in the by the kissing he says well some say it was sincere some say it wasn't sincere. Now in regards to the uh, Rashi of he kissed him. First of all, why does Rashi need two, two different interpretations? It was sincere, it wasn't sincere. Rashi doesn't give two interpretations, uh, two explanations, two different versions, unless there is a problem with the first one or the second one and so on. And therefore he does two. Why do we need two explanations here? In fact, over here Rashi says he introduces the two, the two opinions by saying there is a dispute on this matter which is something which we, he didn't really have to say because if he's giving you two opinions obviously there is a dispute about this matter why does he give that introduction it's in order to tell you because normally when Rashi gives two different uh, explanations the first one is the primary one the second one is secondary but when he wants to show that they're both equal they have equal standing in in explaining the simple meaning he says there's two opinions on this matter that is a signal that he considers both of them to be of equal standing in explaining so it would seem that in this case too to say that he didn't really kiss him sincerely is much more simpler more simple to understand in the because the dots on top of the word they soften the meaning of the word he kissed him the dots come to tell us he didn't really kiss him he didn't really mean to kiss him it was insincere which is how we see dots in other places where they appear in the Torah that they mean to tone down the meaning of that word so in this case too he kissed him well he didn't really mean to kiss him but in the opinion the second opinion of Rajbi where he says that in this case he did mean to kiss him so then what are the, what's the point of the dots why are the dots there other questions on this Rashi are 
the Sifri is not the only place where these this dispute appears. It's also recorded in Vereshis Rabbah. It's also told in Avastar Abnasan. And yet Rashi chooses the version of Sifri and in fact tells us, he points out that this is found in Braisa the Sifri. Why does he have to tell us that? And also why does he choose this particular version? Why doesn't he say the one from Avastar Abnasan? Although we can understand why he doesn't want to quote the one from Bereshus Rabbah, because over there the other opinion is that he didn't kiss him sincerely. The word, the dots come to tell us that the word lenoshka vayeshokeyu, which means he kissed him. It really he wanted to bite him. It means to say that he vayeshokeyu. He was trying to bite him only. His Yaakov's uh, neck turned to marble, and therefore he wasn't able to bite him. So that's something which is already not so close to Pshutish Mikra, because uh, in this case, the word, and he kissed him, is not, the dots do not diminish the word, they completely erase the word and turn it into something totally different. He tried to bite him. So he doesn't want to use that one, but still, why not the one from from uh, Avastar Abnosan. In fact, the one in Avastar Abnosan is very succinct. It says, this teaches us that he didn't kiss him f- truthfully. In other words, not sincerely. Reb Shimon and Eloza says that this was a true kiss, whereas most, all the other ones would not have been true. In other words, generally, Esau doesn't kiss Yaakov, but this one was. So very succinctly, he explains that in Avastar Abnosan, yet Rashi chooses a more elaborate and more wordy uh, uh, version. So to sum up, why does he bring it from the Sifri? Why does he point to the fact that it's uh, from the Sifri? Also, why does he tell us who said it, that it was Rashbi? Generally, Rashi doesn't say that unless there's a reason to tell us that. And also, he, sa- he introduces it by saying, there is a law, a rule, that, uh, that it's known that Esav hates Yaakov. Why does he have to say there is a rule that says that? Anyway, the explanation of all this. Rashi is not coming to explain the matter of the dots. That's not the intention of Rashi here. Because Rashi isn't bothered by dots. He doesn't always feel that he has to explain why there are dots in the Torah on certain words. Just like he doesn't have to explain every time that there is an extra yud, like there are words which can be spelled with a yud or without a yud. With a vav or without a yud. A vav. And Rashi doesn't uh, dwell on each one. He doesn't tell it to us. Only when there is something that needs to be explained in the Pasuk, which the dots help to explain, or the extra yud or extra vav, or missing yud or missing vav, helps to explain. That's when he points it out. So over here, he's not focusing on the dots. What is bothering him? What, he, what troubles Rashi is, we know that Esav hated Yaakov. He hated him back home. Rivka told him that he's trying to kill you. This time when he was coming, he still had hate, as the, it's seen in the Psukim. He brought with him an army of 400 people. In other words, that he was going to war with Yaakov, which was what Yaakov was worried about. And suddenly, he's all, you know, he's all lovey-dovey. He's embracing him. He's kissing him. He cries. All, what happened? What happened suddenly? So Rashi says, when he embraced him, that was real. Why did he embrace him? He explains why. Because he saw him bowing down so many times, he was overcome with a feeling of 
you know, a positive feeling towards Yaakov, and he embraced him. So that's why there is no dispute about that. That's clear. He embraced him. It was real, simple. He saw him bowing down. But then when it comes to he kissed him, kissing is already a much higher degree of saying hello to somebody, of expressing a feeling to somebody. When you embrace him, it means somewhat of, you know, some form of compassion or friendship or whatever it is. But when you kiss someone, that is a much bigger expression of love. As a child also knows that. He knows when his mother hugs him is one thing. When she kisses him, it's more. And so on. So even Rashi explained to a child also understands this. So the question is, how does Esau, how is he transformed from an, a hating killer to somebody that's kissing Yaakov? So here Rashi says, well, we've got dots on that word. Those dots explain what's going on. So the, the dots explain that the kissing is not what kissing is, may, it was, is thought of to be. It isn't quite the kissing that you used to. So in other words, it wasn't real. That there are two, so Rashi says there are two ways of seeing this, that it wasn't real. One is, he didn't really kiss him sincerely. He didn't mean to kiss him. That's one explanation. Even though when he embraced him, it was real. Because embracing is not that kind of expression of love. The other opinion says that in this case, there was, he was overcome, nichmiru rachmav, his passion, his feelings were, you know, became inflamed within Esav, because he embraced him, so he was taken to a higher level of, of feeling for Yaakov. And therefore, although normally he wouldn't kiss him, but in this case, he did kiss him. But it was only at that moment, but it wasn't real because Esav remains Esav. He hates Yaakov. And it's not going to remain. It's not going to stay. It's just a temporary thing, but it's not real because it's not going to last. So both of them agree that it wasn't real, but for different reasons. In this case, it wasn't even sincere. The other one says, in this case, it was sincere temporarily, but it wasn't real because it's not going to last. In other words, also according to Rajbi, the dots caused the kiss to be less impactful than you would think, than the word normally means, because don't think that it's an ongoing thing, it's just temporary. That's the meaning of the dots. To point that out, so Rashi introduces, he says, because there's a law that says, halacha, it's a rule, that Esav hates Yaakov. What is a halacha? Halacha means it's unchangeable. Halacha means it's not changing. Esav hates Yaakov is a reality that is not changing. That helps him support that it's not real. On the other hand, even a halacha can be changed temporarily. Like we know the story of Elio and Avi, that even though you're not allowed to bring a carbon outside the Beis Hamidrash, but in this confrontation with the, uh, the prophets of the Baal, of the idol Baal, he brought Karbanus in on the Mount Carmel, which is prohibited. But it was only a temporary thing, and therefore it was permitted for that one time. So even a halacha, it by Esav too, even though the, law, the rule is that he hates Yaakov, but for a temporary thing, it is possible to change it, although it's not going to last, and therefore it's not real in the end. And we see, for instance, by Yaakov, who was an Ishtam, he's described as a, a person of... He, he's not capable of deviousness, that's what Tom means, artless, he's not capable of deviousness, but when it came, when he saw that Esau fooled his father 
by pretending to be committed to uh, Torah and mitzvahs. And therefore his father wanted to give the blessings to Esau, so Yaakov came along and he had to do something which was also not the straight way of doing it. He did it in a, in a way that was a trick, even though it was uh, it's described, Esau, Yitzchak said in the end, he should be blessed because he came with not mirma, which means deviousness, but with intelligence, with smarts. He, but still, Yaakov did something not in the way that a tam, that an, ins- uh, an undevious person would do. Temporarily, you can be cha- you can change. That explains why Rashi doesn't use the version of Avastar Avnosan, where it says he didn't kiss him re- uh, for real, but or the other opinion is that he kissed him Nishika Shalemas, who was a truthful kiss, because it's not true, because in the end it's fake, because it's not going to stay, therefore cannot be described as true. Rashi doesn't want to take that version for this reason. He also doesn't use the version of the Sifri. He changes one word in the, in the Sifri, even though generally uses the version of the Sifri. And he, the Sifri says he, his compassion was turned around at that moment. In other words, he became compassionate. Rashi doesn't want to use that. He used Nichmeru, which is really in the Bereshis Rabbah, and he borrows that word and inserts it into the Sifri version. Why? Because it wasn't transformed. Esav doesn't change. It's just that he was overcome by a feeling of passion at that moment. But not that he transformed, he changed into somebody that likes Yaakov. It also explains why he says that it, this is found in the Brisa of Sifri. He doesn't merely say in the Sifri. He says in the Brisa of Sifri. Why is that? Because the word halacha, he wants to make sure that we understand that the word halacha means what it says. It's unchangeable. This is the rule. In, a, in Sifri, which is, which is a medrash, one might interpret, if it was just simply Sifri, one might inter- interpret that the word halacha is not meant in its literal context as it would be found in halacha, that it just means, it, you know, to make it, to emphasize it, but it's not really unchangeable. Therefore, he says, but b'raisa of Sifri, b'raisa of Sifri is the halachic areas, the halachic teachings in Sifri, and over there, halacha means halacha. And therefore, it means that that he was that Esav is unchangeable on this matter. We still need to understand, though, why is it that we have to? Rashbi says that he kissed him sincerely. Why does he have to say that? Why can't we just say it wasn't sincere? Why does he go with the interpretation that it was sincere, but only a temporary change? Why not say that it wasn't sincere? The answer to that, especially Rajbi, who says it's a rule that Esav hates Yaakov. Why does he insist on saying that it was sincere in this moment? In this moment, so the answer is because if you look at the whole context of the story, there, Esav is seems to be very generous at that moment. He he embraced him, he kissed him, he cried. They cried. Then he goes and he says, "I don't want your gift." please, you need what you have, you don't have to give it to me. Then he says, Let me, let's travel together, I'll travel back together with you, I'll help you. He says, the Yaakov says, no, he says, all right, let me send some of my men, I have 400 men here, let me send some of them to uh, help you, to escort you. All of these things are things which seem to be saying that Esav is being sincere. So therefore, Rajbi says, well, in the context, it makes sense to say that at that moment he was being sincere. Which explains why 
the, the Rashi considers each one of these interpretations to be of equal standing because each one leaves a bit of a problem in the context of the Psukim the difficulty with the first um, opinion which says he didn't kiss him sincerely is what I just said that the context of the Psukim showed that he was sincere according to the second interpretation that it was sincere it leaves a question we know that Esav hated Yaakov with all the things that we said before he wanted to kill him he brought 400 men so where does he suddenly come up with a sincere kiss and that's why each one has a problem and therefore Rashi considers them each one each explanation to be equal however a gifted student could still have the following question how is it that it's Tafke Rashbi the one that says that it's a rule that Esav hates Yaakov he should be the one to say that this was a sincere kiss temporarily true but he's the one to say it why him? so Rashi says it's Rashbi what do we know about Rashbi? Rashbi lived in the time of the Romans and their evil decrees their horrible decrees against the Jews in fact they hated Jews they hated Rashbi even more than the Jews because he had to run away and had to hide in a cave for 13 years to escape the Romans. So they hated him. But yet, when there was the new decrees introduced and they had to send somebody to Rome to avert the decrees, who did they choose? They chose Rashbi. Why? Because he is... Uh, he, miracles happen for him. Miracles happen for him. And therefore, even though they hated the Jews and they hated him personally... He did bring about a miracle. The miracle over there was that uh, he met up with a demon and the demon said, I'd like to help. So they say, the demon went ahead and he possessed the daughter of the emperor of the king of, the, of Rome. And when Rajbi came and she, was, she went crazy and they, were, they didn't know what to do and Rajbi said, I'll take care of it. And he called the demon by his name and he said, you have to leave her, you have to leave her. And the demon left and she became normal again everybody was happy, they lived happily so they said to him what can we do to you, anything you want he took him into the treasury room and he said pick anything you want what did Rajbi pick, he went looked for the paper of that decree tore up the decree and that was the end of the decree so in other words even though they hated, the Romans hated the Jews and Rajbi personally but a miracle could happen for him and everything turned around same thing here even though Esau indeed really does hate Yaakov, but Yaakov through his miraculous behavior was able to mitigate it. He was able to transform him momentarily to be able to you know, get him to leave him alone and to have a feeling temporarily which saved the day. This can also be explained in the way we see what was Rajbi's Aveda in, in a more internal level, in a more inner dimension of Torah level we find that when they left the, the cave where they had spent so many years and so they, they were completely involved in tighter study they knew nothing of the world at the time and when they came out of the cave and they saw people plowing and planting and doing such mundane things they were wondering how could they be leaving the, uh, the study of Torah and dealing with such temporary things so Rabbi Lazar in his passion whenever he looked at somebody doing it the whole thing burnt down he would, it, everything got destroyed because of his being upset about it and Rajbi, whatever he destroyed he fixed Rajbi went about fixing all the things that he destroyed so we see that Rajbi, even though naturally he was inclined to be like Rebbe Loza, he learned studied Torah all day, he had nothing to do with the world 
but he did understand the world and he did function in the world in a way that was needed for the world the way the world needs to run even though essentially he was beyond he was on a higher level than that and even another step in this is that Rav B said I could exempt the whole world from any punishment and when he says I can exempt the whole world it doesn't mean I could get everybody to do tshuva and then everybody will be innocent that's not what it means exempt means even though they're guilty I could carry their sin I could take care of everybody's sins I'll carry the burden and everybody will be exempt so in other words he is able to cause that even when the world remains the ugly place that it is he could still exempt it from punishment which is an even greater accomplishment than getting everybody to do tshuva because he could leave the world in its ugly state and yet bring healing to it even then and the same thing happened here that the way Rajbi explains it that Yaakov did not cause Esav to change who he is no, Esav remained the same the rule is Esav hates Yaakov but he was able to fix the problem temporarily he was able to deal with the problem temporarily and this is also a lesson to us that even though we know that we cannot trust cannot rely on any of the nations of the world they don't have our best interests and, and we can't rely on them but on the other hand we could work, way, work in ways that will get them to do the things that are needed to, to support us even to support us in our Torah mitzvahs that is a possibility even though essentially they are not pro-Yiddishkeit when Mashiach comes that which um, Yaakov said to Esau in this week's parasha that I will travel I will, you travel ahead I will catch up with you in Seir which he didn't have planned to catch up with him then he meant that when Mashiach comes I will catch up with you because it says then Esau will be judged and then Hashem will be will have the full reign of the whole world that's when he meant that he will catch up with Esau